Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. My name's Dodge. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years and thrown thousands of parties across the UK. And I'm also the owner of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival. Everyone who knows me knows I love people, having a laugh <laughs> and asking lots of questions. So I've been chatting to people with one thing in common. They've all lived eventful lives. Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Eventful Entrepreneur podcast. Today, in the wake of the first Bournemouth Sevens Festival in over two years, we're chatting about what it was like being back and the highs and lows of the event itself. I'm producer Dan and I'm here with the eventful entrepreneur himself, Mr. Dodge Woodall. How are you, Dodge? I'm very good, mate. I'm very good, Dan. How does it feel this side of the festival? Oh, it feels absolutely lovely right now. Is um, I think I went through every emotion at the festival, but the feeling I've got now is just relief. I think that's the biggest emotion that I've got now is relief, joy, happiness. I think I went through every single emotion during that weekend, mm. as, did, as did the team here as well. But as I'm sitting here right now, um, after a successful festival, lots of hurdles to jump over, I'm really, really happy, yeah. And knackered. <laughs> yes. Absolutely yeah. drained. Yeah. This festival has taken the most out of me personally out of all the 14 festivals. Yeah. Um, and I think that was due to the, the amount of pressure that was on. Um, and the unknown still, Dan. It was still the unknown. It was still uh, start of July. We didn't know where we were on or off, on or off. And then Boris said, right, you can do a festival and uh, no social distancing and no uh, and full capacity and what have you. We're like, geez, we're on. Go. We're actually on. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and there was a lot, a lot of work to do to to get to where we needed to be to open the doors for our 30,000 people who have already bought their tickets. Yeah. Now, in the last episode, I asked you to tell me what the best case scenario would be post-festival. You said that you hope some people will have the best weekend of their lives. Do you think that happened? Yes, 100%. And the reason why I know that is because the amount of people that was coming up to me and just picking me up, hugging, handshake, fist bumps, wanting a photo, talking about how amazing this festival is. It was just lovely to have everyone back in the field, Dan. And there was so much happiness and joy in that field and so much love. You know, it was really, really an amazing, it was really an amazing festival to be part of, even mm. though we own it. To have that experience and seeing the 30,000 people just with massive smiles on their faces was, was, was absolutely beautiful, mm. I've got to say. And the weather was beautiful for the us. The weather held out again. Oh my God. The last five weekends on a trot have been raining and windy and all of a sudden mm. it just, the sun pops for us. There was no wind. Um, it was just, it was really was happy days. And also waking up on that Saturday. So we had the, the festival went ahead. We had the sunshine and also West Ham were top of the league. <laughs> a dream weekend. It was a dream Waddle. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, one thing I noticed, and I, I know you've spoken about this as well, is the gratitude shown by people as well. Yeah. Um, more than ever, I had so many people coming to box office where I'm stationed most of the weekend, coming up and just saying thank you to you and the team yeah. for making this happen. Yeah. Uh, we've missed it. Did you get a lot of that? Oh, mate, Dan, I get I get a lot of that most years. Um, thank you. You know, this is great. It's on. I'm looking forward to it. But this year was another level. Mm. You could tell people have been locked up for 18 months. You could tell people were just happy to be back in a field um, with a beautiful crowd, with loads of entertainment, loads of fun, beer flowing, people dancing, people 
back together as friends. Teammates back together Teammates, as well, yeah. all the teams, the 400 teams, rugby, netball, hockey, dodgeball, all touring, coming down to Bournemouth for the weekend, camping and glamping. Um, it was mind-blowing. It really was mind-blowing. And yeah, I was, I was massively taken back. It was, it was quite emotional as well at times. Mm. It really was. And at times there were serious amounts of pressure on. Yeah, on that Saturday. You know, we didn't know what time people were going to turn up. We didn't know the movement of, of the festival site. You know, we moved our campsite and we moved our rugby pitches so all the sport could be together. The rugby, the netball, the national fitness games, the volleyball, the hockey was all together. We moved the campsite, you know, and the campsite was right in the mix of the festival where mm. the campers and glampers could just walk out 10 yards and they've got a big beer tent. Yeah. They've got the food. Um, and it just really worked well, and um, yeah, we're really happy the way the way it went. Mm. There's lots of learning things as well, Dan. Listen, each year I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly tweaking, I'm constantly writing notes how we can improve it for next year, and you know. And um, but as a whole, myself, Craig, the leader here, and and Paul and Matt, the directors, and yourself, and the team that pulled together, and Royer and Callie, and I could mention all the names, you know, and everyone put in a massive shift. And to see their passion and love for Bournemouth Sevens as much as mine, as much as the, the attendees that come, it, it just it's just like a, a match made in heaven, really. Yeah. And the nature of this particular festival being short notice that we were given, we have yeah. to turn it around as quickly as possible. There's a lot of problem solving to be had. <laughs> now, what we haven't spoken oh. about in massive detail is some of the challenges that were faced on the lead up to the yeah. festival. One of them being staffing. Uh, can you tell us a bit of detail about that? Yeah, yeah. Staffing. Huge challenge for everyone in the industry, for everyone in restaurants, for everyone in bars. But for a festival, the challenge was enormous, Dan. You know, 42 days when Boris spoke at the start of July and we had 42 days to say, right, we've got to put this festival on. Even with 20 days to go, I never showed this to anyone. I was still in the back of my mind thinking, is this festival going to happen? Mm. Is there going to be a new flu that comes in? Is there going to be a, something that happens where the government says, sorry, we can't happen? You know, we took a huge gamble in this. A lot of my friends who are festival owners and event owners around the country just pulled the plug. They didn't want to take the risk of putting their event on or their festival on because there was no insurance company that would insure you against cancellation due to COVID. And that's massive. Obviously, it's it, it, in one sentence, it, it doesn't portray how much risk there is involved in that. So yeah. this this business runs on this festival, this yeah. one, one weekend a year, yeah. and obviously hasn't happened for two years. Yeah. And then we're putting all our chips in this yeah. one place yeah. with no insurance to back us up. Yeah, dangerous. Very dangerous. Ballsy. But I like that. I've loved that. I've done that all my life. And when we found out, we say we can either pull it and let's just concentrate in 2022 or we put it on for our fans. We put it on for us. We put it on for our livelihoods. I was all in, mate. I was all in, Dan. I did not give two... You can say it. Shits, mate. <laughs> I really didn't. I was like all in. And, and people around me are going, you're mad. What happens if it doesn't go ahead? You're going to lose all that money, all that investment. And at the end of the day... We're not a big conglomerate company. We're not a big live nation. We're not these people who, who have been bought by these big conglomerates. We're an independent festival owned by myself and my wife. Mm. We're a team of small team of seven full-time staff who myself and Fleur have got responsibility for. You know, everyone's got mortgages or they've got kids or they've got families to look after. It's all on our shoulders. Mm. 
And I wasn't prepared to let that go. And I knew that all of you, all of our tight 18 stood by us and we stood by you. Mm. And when COVID happened a year ago, a lot of events, company just got rid of staff. I looked you all in the eye back then and said, we're all sticking together here. We will get through this. Mm. I can sit here now on the Friday, Dan, after the weekend just gone. And the feeling is relief and joy and happiness. And, and to know that we stuck by a word and we all stuck together gives me great joy. It I really remember, does. I specifically remember one point during COVID, you saying to me, one day we'll look at back at this and it'll be the making of this team and we'll all be in a stronger position. Yeah. And that's exactly where we are now. Yeah. Tired, but in that position. Yeah, shattered, yeah. mate. Yeah. But it, we're in that position. And what's really nice is that I'm a man of my word. And we said that and we stuck with it. We've come out the other side. And we've got our 2022 festival in only nine months time, mm. <laughs> which seems crazy. Yeah, we go again. We go again, yeah. you know, and we improve on what we did in 2021. And 2021, I'm just saying it because we're on a podcast right now. 2021 was the best festival we put on in 14 years mm. for so many reasons. And 2021, whoever came on 2021, the crowd were absolutely phenomenal on every single level. It was a delight. Everyone was just happy. It really was um, something that's gonna stick with me for the rest of my life, the audience that came in 2021. Mm. Yeah, and that, the, the quality of the festival isn't, it was good considering the circumstances. It was good full stop. Absolutely. It was amazing, uh, like all aspects, entertainment, sport, yeah. uh, the delivery, it, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, the, the run-up to the festival was tough on everyone. You've mentioned the team. Did you notice how that affected the team over the festival period in the build and, and during the, the, the festival weekend itself? Yeah, I clocked. I clocked. Everyone was... You've got to remember, you had to, we had to find, in 42 days, when we got given the go-ahead, we had to find 800 staff. We had to find 240 security. We had to find 200 bar staff. We always get our bar staff from the university. The bar staff that have worked there the whole year, from September up until May working on their nightclubs, their bars, their restaurants, da, da, da. Mm. We pick up all their bar staff and go, plonk. They all know each other. We all know them. All of a sudden, there's no university there last year. No one's working in the bars and clubs, so they've all been shut down. Well, who do we turn to? We had to go to agencies. Agencies were bringing random people in. We haven't got a clue who they were. We had all those staff. Those two, we ordered 240 staff. We didn't have a clue who anyone was. Mm. Half of them had never worked behind a bar before, but we just need staff because there's no staff in the UK who wants to work. Yeah, there's also staff doing dual shifts, so they'll do 12 hours on box office and then straight into to the bar for another. We just needed more people, yeah. more people, more people. And those people put in an absolute shift. Mm. And I've never seen the bars four or five deep like this, Dan, no. in the afternoon. It was like, wow, people are really hungry to have got out and left their homes and mm. come and be with their mates in the field, dancing and listening to music and watching sport and and just live in a live in a bubbly weekend, and um, massively hats off to, you know, the, the pressures of trying to get those staff were like, oh my god, what happens if none of these bar staff turn up? We don't know who they are. We're waiting on Saturday morning for these bar staff to be shipped in, and go right. You're working on the main bar. You're working in the VIP. You're working VVIP. You're working in the speed bar. You're working on the draft bars. You're it was trying to get all that. And when you've got random people turning up, there's lots of drop-off as well. Yeah. I think we got, I think with a week to go, we had like 100 bar staff. 
I put something, a post out on my social media. We got like another 120 that day wanting to do it. I think we in total, we had 240 bar staff. And I think 50 on the day didn't turn up mm. with no excuse, no nothing. They just didn't turn up, you know? So we overordered to get to the number where we were. The next challenge was they, they, were, they were flat out from midday to one in the morning. They were broken. Mm. And on that evening, that evening, we said, we need them to come back the next day because a lot of them just were like, I cannot do that again. I'm here and I've done it. And we paid them extra to be there. And on the Sunday, we, 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 we gave them a 50 pound bonus just to turn up. So they got, this, they got their wages and they got a 50 pound bonus just to turn up. Mm. And I went around on Sunday morning and just thanked everyone for turning up. You know, it was, it, it was, it was crazy, Dan. Mm. You couldn't, have written, you couldn't have written the story, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, it was really, really hard. Now, yeah. obviously, challenge upon challenge upon challenge this year, and, and like with all that in, in your mind, incredible that the festival was as amazing as it was. Yeah. And one of those amazing moments for me, um, and I think we've spoken about this before, was getting away from my box office for a short time to see uh, Ella Air backstage. Um, and I got this opportunity to see your face looking out at the crowd of these people absolutely loving Ella Rare. She had them in the palm of the hand and your face was just like, wow. You, I think you actually mouthed to me, wow. Yeah. How yeah. did that feel? Mate, it felt amazing. It felt truly amazing. I've seen a lot of live gigs. I've, I've booked a lot of people over the years, over the 20 years. I've put on thousands of parties and 14 festivals, as you know. That was probably the pinnacle of my festival events career in terms of live act. She took the roof off in that big top tent. It was heaving, yeah. absolutely heaving. But not only that, she had a performance and a band. So she had this live performance that was breathtaking and she got the place jumping. And she had track after track after track. And she, like you said a minute ago, she had the crowd eating out of her hand. Mm. She was she was special, and I think she's going on to huge things worldwide. Really do. Yeah, she she was. She she really upped it a notch for us. I that think. actually that That's going fun. back on that point there, Dan. That point when she came on at eight thirty, the amount of pressure we were all under on that Saturday, all the directors, all our staff, mm. all our management, all the bar staff, all the security. You know, that was the point where I just was like, oh, mm. this is well worth it. Well worth it. That was the point. And after watching that show, to go back out into the crowd and see how packed it was and see how well organised our event was, you know. And there's still tweaks to improve, Dan. Always. There's always. Mm. We wouldn't be where we are now. We're constantly tweaking and improving. And I, I learned a lot from this one, you know, for 2022, you know. And, and going back again, we ordered 200. We normally have one security firm do our security. Yeah. Showsec. They do all the major festivals around the UK. We got an email from them a week before saying, I don't think we can find uh, 100 security for you. This is a week before. Mm. We ended up using four security firms just to get the numbers. And again, out of all those security firms, there were people that just didn't turn up. There's people driving down from Manchester, Birmingham, Cardiff, Leicester, Kent, London to be security for the weekend. Mm. You know, you can't rely on all these people you don't know. But then you, you look at that from a logistics standpoint and now you ha don't have one stakeholder you need to speak to in order to get things done. Yeah. You now have four different stakeholders yeah. who have four different responsibilities in four different areas. Yeah. It just adds an additional complication <laughs> to, to what pressure. is already a complicated <laughs> situation. Yeah. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it was... 
Do you know what? If you can, if you can put a festival on in 42 days mm. of this magnitude for 30,000 people with 800 staff, I think you can put a festival on anywhere. Mm. And I think it's going to make our festival's future leading up so much easier. So much easier for, for, for ourselves and the team. Yeah, I agree. But the hard graph that goes in, people don't see that it takes two weeks to build the site. And our team here, we had four major people who come and help build the site. Okay, you've got showers, toilets, fencing, audio, visual, TV screens, uh, trucks going everywhere, low loaders, uh, forklifts. The list just goes on and on and on and on. But our team in-house here, working their nuts off to make this festival look pretty. You know, the production that goes into our festival is huge. You know, it's not just uh, someone, an outsider just turns up, puts it all up. There's the team here painting everything, um, pulling up banners, doing this. It just, the list goes on and on. And I saw the team put in a ridiculous shift. Ridiculous shift. Yeah. You know, Sam and Ed and Ewan and Kira and Charlotte, Lawrence. I think one moment that solidified it for me, uh, knowing this team is a strong team and they're all team players, yeah. was seeing Craig, the managing director, who'd been working his nuts yeah. off for... For, for months, yeah. um, you know, tired, really tired on the Monday after the festival, cleaning staff toilets because we didn't have a, st a cleaner for the staff toilets because yeah, of staffing. He was there with his gloves on, yeah. picking up tissue and yeah. cleaning toilets. And, and it's just like, that is what this team is. It's like no one's too important to do any job. They'll do anything to make the festival happen. Yeah. And that's, quite, that's, a, that's a culture thing, isn't it? That is a culture thing. And it's something that we breed here. It's something that we have at HQ here we, as an entrepreneur. I've never been employed. I don't have anyone to follow. I've just made up my own rules. And the own rules are, come in and be an entrepreneur within the company. Be creative and put a shift in and have a wicked attitude and be responsible mm. and take responsibility and great, have a great attention to detail. You know, all these simple things, look people in the eye, shake their hand, thank them. All these simple things that people, other businesses, well, I'm not saying other businesses, but they focus on what we're doing but these yeah. are real simple things that get has got us a long way over the period but just going back there craig matthew that bloke is a hero mm. he's been with me 10 years he come on board as a young lad on a minimal wage he's now managing director of the group of bournemouth sevens of diamond sporting group and that guy has, has a whole team working for him mm. they all love him everyone loves craig and he's become an industry expert in the events world. Um, and he's navigated us through this whole 18 months. Single-handedly navigated us through with the help and support of the tight people around him in Paul and Matt and yourself. You know, he has been the flagship of Bournemouth Sevens. He's put Bournemouth Sevens on the events industry map within the events world. He's been what both you and Barry like to say, uh, Barry Hearn, uh, relentless, isn't he? Craig's relentless. Yeah. I'm relentless. You're relentless. Everyone's relentless. And I guess that just breeds. We breed that from the top. And I love giving freedom to people here to be creative then. Mm. I love giving freedom to people to allow them to be, to allow them to shine. Let's not pigeonhole someone into something. Shine. Mm. Just bring shit to the table and get stuff done. Bring ideas to the table. But yeah, Craig. He's a special one, isn't he? He's a special one. Yeah. He's another level. 
Yeah. And I have a huge amount of respect for him. Go back to the festival uh, for a little bit. Uh, there's two aspects that I missed that I really wish I hadn't. Uh, one was Majestic and the other was Bingo Lingo. I know you caught them, didn't you? Yeah. Majestic, jeez. When we booked him, right, I was like, oh, quality would be great. Yeah. I didn't realise how good he would be. We had him on the big top at 9pm on Sunday night. I was on the main stage with him, just watching the crowd. He took the roof off. Mm. He was that good, I'm going to book him for next year. Yeah. I've already spoken yeah. to him and said, mate, you're in for next year. He was that good. Mm. Um, and we never do that. What a, we never do that. <laughs> and I would never normally show my cards to him to go, oh, we'll have you back next year. But he was that good. I go, mate, you're back. Let's, yeah. let's, let's do a deal. Um, his stage presence. Normally a DJ is on there, but he was strong on the mic. Mm. He got everyone doing everything that he wanted them to do. Another level. Tune after tune after tune. It, it was a... Uh, it was a delight. It was a delight. And I hear Bingo Lingo went off in the afternoon. Oh, Bingo Lingo. What a great addition that was. Something that, that was seen probably even just 10 years ago as something that your uh, grandma, grandma would do yeah. um, on, on a quiet night uh, is now turned into this huge festivity uh, kind of yeah. event. It was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was brilliant. It's like an 18 to 30s game of bingo. Yeah. You know, bingo is the last one to bingo was with Benan, mm. you know. <laughs> um, but they've created this wonderful vibe where... It's playing bingo, people on stage, getting people up, funny dances, getting them doing funny stuff. It's like an 18 to 30s. Then when someone got bingo, everyone goes mad, dancing on the tables, drinking. It, it, was, it was wonderful. A great addition. A I'll great addition. Make sure I catch that next time because I'm gutted I missed it. Yeah. Uh, now, those are a few highlights that I know uh, happened over the weekend. But what was your particular highlight? Ignoring those three aspects that we've spoken about, is there a moment that sticks out to you as, yeah, that's what I'll remember for 2021? It was the people that made that festival. Mm. It was our audience, our fans, the people who bought tickets because they knew they were coming to a wonderful event, the people who backed us, Dan, the people who bought tickets in 2020, and didn't ask for a refund. The people who flipped over to 2021. The people in the crowd who made the party. The happiness and the joy and the fun that they were bringing, bringing. The vibe that they brought to create that buzz. That's what I remember from 2021. That's the number one thing I remember. But also, how our team stuck together. That was... Special, yeah. really special. I spoke about that earlier. But having a team to stick together to get through hard times, you've got to get through the hard times to realise how good the good times are. You know, and we all saw that light at the end of the tunnel, but it wasn't a train coming towards us. It was literally, we're getting closer and closer to that light. And I didn't feel that we were going to open the doors until we actually opened the doors on Friday at midday. Mm. And that was a lovely feeling. I remember seeing those, because obviously we had those COVID checks for the first time yeah. ever, another, another thing that uh, we had oh, to Jesus, adapt another thing, to. yeah. Uh, but I see, remember seeing people queuing before that to yeah. get through the test. And I was like, okay, it's, it's actually happening. People yeah. are turning up eager, early, yeah. ready to come in. This, it, it's happening. Because yeah. I was the same. I was like, I don't believe it happens until yeah. it happens. Absolutely. And, that Absolutely. Was it. and every day that we're getting closer to the festival, Dan, I was like, Oh my God, the weather's brutal in August. Mm. Oh no, oh no. Are we going to happen? We're not going to happen. We were telling everyone we're going to happen and we were acting as if we were happening. We were paying out deposits to everyone. 
You know, we must have spent a million quid very, very quickly on, de- on paying contractors everywhere in a very short amount of space of time. And every contractor stuck by us because we'd built relationships. And anyone listening here, the key to business is building good relationships, being a good bloke, being honest with people and upfront and straight. And that's paid off to us, Dan, because th- because these contractors and people who are bringing huge structures to us and bringing everything that we needed for the festival turned up to make our festival look good. So that's down to wonderful relationships over the last 10 years. And, you know, Craig's created wonderful relationships with our contractors and suppliers over the years. And he's been with us 10 years and Craig celebrated his 10th year this year. And him and I hooked up on Saturday afternoon with Matt and Paul. And it was like two o'clock in the afternoon and we're like, Jesus Christ, this is busy. Mm. People have come early, people are hungry. My God, the bars are busy, the sun's out, da, da, da. Come on, boys, we're gonna do this. We will get through this. Let's get through this day. And Saturday's the toughest day, as you well know, Dan. Mm. You know, you at the front box, the amount of people coming past you, the amount of people you're scanning, the amount of people wristbands you're putting on, the amount of people you're checking and you know, and, and and with Royer as well. And then running all the teams. You know, we had a hundred referees, we had hundred umpires turning up. They all come last minute in the 42 days and we were trying to make this tournament run. It was like having, it's like having two festivals. You've yeah. got a music festival and you've got a sports festival. You know, this is, this is full on. And props to those that help run the sports as well, because again, very short notice, yes. they have to adapt as well. And they, they all stood up as well and, oh, and they all counted. Did. Yeah, they did, they did. And we all got through it. And there's still improvements to be made. But if everyone had the attitude that, wow, 42 days and we pulled it out of the bag, I think a lot of people would be happy. A lot of people, yeah. Yeah, it took a huge collective effort to pull off the festival, as, 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 you, as you've mentioned. Uh, what would you like to say to everyone that helped make it, make it happen? A massive thank you for myself and my wife, Fleur. Because every, the buck stops at us too. You know, everything that was laid out, it's on our shoulders. Everyone that's getting paid is on our shoulders. A massive thank you for everyone who supported us and got through this. But I have to say a massive shout out to my wife. She stuck by me for those last 80, well, she stuck by me for 18 odd years now, mate. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> she's put up with me. She's put up with me, wow. <laughs> she's a saint, to be fair. Um, but these last 18 months were testing. Um, we kept, we were never high and we were never low. Mm. We kept a level head the whole time. Well, when do preparations begin for next year? Well, it's Friday today and we're all going on the piss. <laughs> yes, please. It's our turn to have a get yes. on the sauce today, which yes, is lovely. Please. So, um, yeah, all the staff are all meeting at three o'clock this afternoon, Friday. The sun is shining, the beers are going to be flowing. Let's get, have a lovely day today. We're going to talk about all the funny things that happened over the weekend, all the things that um, gave us joy. Um, and I think we'll all be back on it as of Monday, planning for 2022. And it's funny, 2022, we're moving back to our normal May bank holiday weekend. Yeah. But actually in 2022, it's the Queen's Jubilee, mm. which means the festival is on the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of June. Yeah. And it also means it's not a Friday, Saturday, Sunday event because the Queen has moved a bank holiday to the Thursday. Mm. So our festival now is... Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which is going to be brilliant because people have the day off Thursday now. They don't have to work and then travel down to camp that night. People can just turn up 
early Thursday, and we get a massive party thrown that Thursday down. Yeah. Massive party. So I have a big party Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, and you know what? It's going to be a delight. It's going to be a delight. It's our year 15. Who would have thought then? Year 15, with this idea would just come off the back of a fag packet sitting on a beach one day in mm. 2008 with my pal, talking about there's no sport and music festivals in the UK. There's loads of music festivals. To where we are now, you know, and um, it's way beyond anything that I ever dreamt of. Yeah, still sports teams clambering to come, still local people buying tickets from, from further afield yeah. now. Teams um, flying in from different yeah. countries. All the rugby playing and netball playing countries, your Dubai, your Hong Kongs, your Frances, your Australia, South Africa, they're coming in to come to Bournemouth Sevens. You know, we've really put Bournemouth on the map and I'm super proud of that. And I'm super proud of the amount of support we get locally as well from the council, the police, the licensing and the local town, the Bournemouth, Paul, Christchurch and everyone in the hour radius of us. Everyone's fully supportive of a real nice well-organized festival and um, it's lovely having people come from all different parts of the country to come check out our seven miles of beaches and what have you and yeah. come and have some fun down in Bournemouth and as I'm sitting today I'm absolutely shattered and drained but I'm also feel really proud of everyone our whole team. The beers will perk you up later mate, I'll be fine. Right, yeah, absolutely. And the Jaeger bombs. <laughs> <And the> Jager. <laughs> <laughs> well what a couple of years it's been, we'll be having a full in-depth chat at some point about the truth of the past few years, because there's a lot we haven't spoken about uh, for obvious reasons. But for now, Dodge, congratulations to you and the rest of the team. And let's get started on 2022. Absolutely, I've enjoyed this, Dan. And um, thank you ever so much for everyone who came to 2021. It really is much appreciated and massive respect to you all. Thank you. Cheers, Dodge. Good man, Dan. Cheers, mate. <laughs>